here in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris, we're back at the Old Stand, the Paracast, a week after we did that memorial to Jim Mosley. And it's amazing how much information, how much documentation, how much commentary has been about Jim Mosley online. When we consider the fact that Jim, I don't think ever in his entire life, ever went online. Interesting. Yeah, well, it's passing of the old guard in with the new, I guess. Jim used an electric typewriter to type saucer smear. His telephone didn't have caller ID. He didn't have an answering machine. He didn't have a fax machine. When his electric typewriter wore out, he got another one. He was in contact with some dealer back east where he would be able to buy these used or rebuilt Smith Corona electric typewriters. The same kind of typewriters he used in the 70s and 80s. So there you go. I just saw an article. uh, Somebody mentioned Mosley, of course, in his avowed uh, old tech style. And I guess the last new typewriter was manufactured uh, in Europe. And they don't make them anymore. That's the official word. You cannot buy a new typewriter anymore. Well, I have a Smith Corona electronic typewriter from the 1980s, made in the 1980s or something like that. I wonder, is it worth anything? It's in pretty good shape. I don't know if you can get any more (laughs) cartridges, ribbon cartridges for it. I guess you can. That would be the problem. Yes. I know Mosley uh, was, (laughs) he scoured the countryside for cartridges, and he, he probably has a whole box of them somewhere. Well, I would think that Elizabeth, his daughter, would sell those off, raise a little cash. Yeah. But, you know, it's like everything else. I think at the end, all Jim had going for him was saucer smear and his relationships with fellow people in the UFO field. Right. And I think uh, we're the only show that he actually did for quite a while. So we do have uh, kind of historical documentation of, you know, his last years. And uh, he was always... Very, very happy to appear on the show. Of course, you guys were friends for decades. And I always found it fascinating to hear him reminisce and and impart his (laughs) peculiar brand of of wisdom and insight about the field and and the people in it. It was mostly a fly on the wall, but I was always very honored to to be there and uh, to listen to some of his his wonderful stories. Some of his wackiness. Now... Jim had this very dry sense of humor. So he would basically say everything in the same almost monotone, the way he would speak, the same speech pattern. It could be funny. It could be serious. He did it the same way. We had Jim Mosley on the PowerCast a total of 16 times. He was on the very first episode. Very important. February 2006, Jim was on. Brad Steiger came up on another part of the show. At that time, we were doing half and half, two guests, one guest for half the show, another guest for the other half of the show. Jim was always a trooper. You know, if we didn't have a guest, we were short of a guest or a guest decided not to come, I'd pick up the phone and say, Jim, what are you doing tomorrow? And he always made time. Yeah. Yeah, he would complain, oh, I got to do this and I have to go out and they're bringing in a copy of Smear and I have to be available to answer the door. I said, you can answer the door when we're recording the show, we'll just stop for a couple of minutes. You pick up the boxes. <laughs> but he never said no. Never said no. He never said no. And yep. that was a real friend. Yep. He was also my first full-time employer. Yep. 
and we still remember. It's incredible, though, how much tribute we've seen for Jim, except on the UFO updates mailing list. Um, there's been a few. A few, and, just and a very yeah. few. Yeah, there have been. Yes, not as much. We do, by the way, neighbors, have a website called jimmosley.com. No one took that name, so I took it. I don't have anything there in terms of content, just a couple of links and also segments of the letter he wrote to Geneva Hagen, where I guess they'd be considered his last words or nearly last words, talking about his life in a couple of paragraphs. So we have it up there. That's all we have. But we will be bringing on people who knew Jim in the future. In fact, in a couple of weeks, we have a skeptic on the show booked, unless that changes. A guy named Lance Moody, who's a very active participant in the Powercast forums. But, of course, he also gets into very heated arguments with people who believe more than he does. He and Chris never see eye to eye on anything except for one thing, a certain UFO investigator with fake educational credentials who shall go unnamed because we've given them too much publicity already. Lance was the guy who exposed him first. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we're going to talk about that and many other things. <laughs> he's, he's a piece of work. Very interesting guy. And also, he was a close friend of Jim Mosley. Now, Jim Mosley yeah. was somebody who didn't discriminate in one's beliefs. You're an atheist. You're a believer. He could be your friend. If you were a contactee, contactee Howard Menger was a good friend of Jim's. Lance Moody, Phil Klass, good friends of Jim's. Jim knew Dr. Donald Menzel and bought some of his space-being paintings. You know, Donald Menzel, aside from being a Harvard astronomer and also an arch-UFO skeptic, also did paintings, and Jim bought some of them. He also hung out with the people who believed different phases about UFOs. So even though he had a very sharp wit and a sharp, pointed, critical comment to make about things he didn't agree with or people who engaged in so-called fuzzy logic, he had a wide circle of friends, an amazingly wide circle of friends. Yeah. Well, going to miss him. We sure are. That's why we keep talking about him. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like there is a final issue of Smear, Saucer Smear, his publication. I'm hoping it'll be mailed soon so we can all see what's going on. I understand yeah. somebody attacked me in that newsletter. Jim didn't discriminate. You know, he gets letters from people plus... Minus, pro con, he has them. Right. Now, today we're not going to talk about UFOs so much as some other subjects that we get into from time to time. And one of them, tell me more about this, is a book out called Missing 411 Western U.S. and Canada Unexplained Disappearances of North Americans. What's this all about? Well, uh, David Polides is a uh, investigator researcher who like some of us, have um, always kind of wondered about the thousands of people that disappear every year in this country, and a lot of them are in the western states and, as we will find out, in the western provinces of Canada. And it's really difficult uh, in this modern day and age to, to believe that people can just vanish without a trace and leave no evidence or clues behind to you know, to help investigators and researchers in law enforcement uh, figure out what happened to them. So I think we're, I think we're all going to have an eye-opening show today, and we're going to learn a lot about this uh, very mysterious, phenomenal, kind of hidden subject, uh, I think. I think we're going to kick around some ideas about what could be behind this. Um, 
And uh, I, I have not read the book yet. I do plan on reading it. Uh, it is on my, on my list of books that I need to, to look into because I've always had a sense that maybe there was something potentially high strange behind uh, some, if not many, of these disappearances. And we're, gonna, we're really going to kick that around today. Now, one question I do want to ask during this session is whether some of these people maybe just wanted to disappear. They didn't die. They weren't injured. Nothing high strange occurred. They just decided for whatever reason they didn't want to be found. Also, I gather there is supposed to be a DNA test now of Bigfoot. So we got J.C. Johnson here to talk about it. That's fascinating, isn't it, man? Yeah, and uh, there's a bit of controversy around the the release of information uh, prior to the completion of peer review of this uh, very obviously controversial scientific study that is now being reviewed by the scientific community. And JC, of course, will address that, plus some of the uh, very interesting cases that he is (laughs) supposedly working on. Of course, JC uh, is our man in the four corners, and uh, he's always a pleasure to have on one of my favorite favorite guests. He just has so many incredible things to talk about. Uh, This is going to be a fun show. And starts in just a moment. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Hey, neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen, making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's gotomeeting.com, promo code podcast. Have you ever felt like the United States government knows way too much about your financial affairs? I continue to hear stories about property seizures, frozen bank accounts, confiscation of stocks and bonds. It makes me wonder if the U.S. citizen will ever again have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, with the Drug and Money Laundering Act, the IRS Revenue Ruling 6045 of 1984, and the Trading with the Enemy Act and Franklin D. Roosevelt's Executive Order of 1933, some precious metal holdings are subject to government intervention. For this reason, Midas Resources has prepared a report explaining the boundaries of trading precious metals privately. Whether if you have any intention of trading with Midas Resources or not, I have instructed my representatives to give this report out free. Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237. 
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're back on the Paracast. You know, when Chris and I were talking about our guests this week, we have J.C. Johnson, cryptozoologist and David Politis, I wondered here, what's going to happen if I mispronounce David's name? Now, he's author of a new book called Missing 411, Western United States and Canada, Unexplained Disappearances of North Americans that Have Never Been Solved. And if I mispronounce his name, will I be one of those missing people? I I don't think you have anything to worry about unless Barbara decides to uh, hide you in some dumpster somewhere. That's very close. Okay, that's going to happen. Okay, I'm going to be hidden somewhere. Or and you should have, avoid wearing bright-colored clothing in the woods. Is that it? I think so. So if Bigfoot is after me, JC, what's going to happen here is that people will not look for me, or Bigfoot won't look for me if I have dark clothes. If I have brightly colored clothes, reds and yellows and everything, forget about it. I, I think Dave will get more into that for you. You're prepared for that, right, David? I am ready. Okay, sounds good. JC, one of the more interesting discussions happening in this day and age is this breaking story about the possible discovery of a hybrid DNA from a study of Bigfoot samples. What's going on Yes, Yes, indeedy. Over 109 samples were compiled pretty much from the United States and Canada. And uh, Dr. Ketchum's been working and testing with some other scientists 
multiple DNA laboratories and so forth with the double-blind testing with the different labs, and they come back with the same results. It kind of a little bit premature because Igor Borsev got a little bit excited and released some information kind of prematurely. Uh, Melba's even said so on television, and then she had to go ahead and do a press release a little bit early, a little bit sooner than they were ready. Is that why we're getting all this publicity? It's not quite there yet? They're still doing the research? Just as well, but actually the paper's in peer review at this point. And as she said, it'll be weeks instead of months. So we can all look forward to that. Well, maybe you can give us some preliminary information here. You said from how many samples? Over 109. Okay, how were these samples acquired, and what leads anyone to believe they would be related to Bigfoot? The samples were acquired. There's a lot of people out there that have excellent hair traps where they can uh, catch the follicles in the hair so they can be tested and so forth. They've got hair traps out there. We've got a lot of people who have different methods of gathering saliva. We have different methods of gathering different things from these uh, furry people. (laughs) So, all right, so we have these samples gathered. So what are we seeing? What do the preliminary results show? Basically, what you've got is a way to tie all the different samples in together to make them all correlate with each other. Obviously, if something comes through, if it's dog, it's dog. If it's deer, it's deer. If it's bear, it's bear. If it's cougar, it's cougar. If it's a known animal, you know, it's not going to be in the study. And it's so much as is a a type of secret recipe, as you will. And I hate to even put it like that because I'm not a geneticist. I don't know that much about DNA other than how to spell D-N-A. But I will tell you this, everything correlates with the other samples to, to point and indicate to a new species. All right, new species in what respect? Are they seeing things that just don't match any known species? Is it kind of like a human? What? comes down to who's your daddy, and I think that's what's going to be in question because the mitochondrial DNA tells us who the mother was. The uh, nuclear testing on the DNA points to who the father is or actually tells us who the father is. So that's what's going to be in question, what the progenitor is as far as who's your daddy. And preliminary results, at least based on, on a couple of articles I've read, are indicating that some so- sort of unknown hominid uh, is responsible for the the father's side of the DNA. And it seems to be there's some evidence of uh, human-female DNA, I guess, in the other half of the equation. Well, the, the mitochondrial DNA is, yeah. is uh, without a doubt, human. It, it, this is going to be very interesting. And I'm, I am already picking up rumblings from the skeptical community claiming that, oh, well, obviously these samples have been tainted um, by by improper gathering techniques, but if that's the case, then how do you explain the uh, the unknown uh, DNA? So, you know, it's obviously it's premature. It's in peer peer review. Melba's had to come out and uh, and make uh, some statements about this. This is not how science is normally done. Normally, this type of of work is is completely put in front of the scientific community uh, before any sort of results are announced. So we're, we're going to have to wait and see um, how this all plays out, I think, eventually. And um, I think it's unfortunate that, um, that some, some people involved in the study are so excited about the results that they're leaking certain things about it. Again, this is not the way good science is practiced. So 
we're going to have to adopt a patient wait and see attitude. And I think JC's correct in in uh, pointing out that this is a double bind study. So it should pass muster with the scientific community if all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. So we're just going to have to wait and see. It's very exciting. Uh, it's very exciting if it turns out to be the definitive proof that we do have an unknown, uncategorized hominid running around the woods of the world. JC, you're saying peer-reviewed where for what publication? This I don't know. Okay. This I don't know. All right, well, hopefully we'll get that information. It's unfortunate, as Chris says, when you have early release of information about this. Now, one thing I want to ask, JC, the reference to hybrid DNA, we're saying then that maybe Bigfoot had an association with a human female, perhaps? You know, this this comes down to my opinion, and this comes down to a lot of the different investigations that we've done. A lot of the local lore, especially among the Diné, the Navajo, they've got stories that go back hundreds of years about uh, women being taken by these uh, Yeetso, Meetso furry people. And some of the women never coming back, some of them coming back and being with child from these furry people so they breed into us they breed out of us i I really can't explain it all i'm just going to go with what i know from the stories is uh they do take females from navajo lore pueblo people zuni these different areas they've all got also in the pacific northwest uh this this whole scenario of presenting the female to the to the big hairy guy coming in from the woods uh, that's featured in, in, let's say, the the story in, in films of King Kong. This is something that uh, I think has deep-rooted, a deep-rooted presence within uh, Native, at least North American cultures. And I remember as a kid hearing stories that the Indians, uh, every four years, if memory serves me correct, would present Sasquatch with a fair maiden from the Indian village. So It's kind of like almost a sacrifice. We'll cover this in greater detail in a moment. We're talking about Bigfoot, possible DNA discoveries, and we'll talk about missing people soon. Now, if you have a comment or question about the Paracast, you can write us, news at theparacast.com. Once again, that's news at theparacast.com. Or send us a tweet. We are known on Twitter as, of course, the Paracast, the Paracast on Twitter. Before we're missing, with Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-877-804-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull 
out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. If you owe the IRS back taxes, listen carefully. Sweeping changes to IRS policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all. And now, thanks to Dan Pillow, you can get the tax help you need to end your tax nightmare. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce or eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. With the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. Or go to my website, TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. When natural disasters strike and the water supply is shut off, you won't panic because you have a CWR emergency water filter. CWR Environmental has been supplying emergency water filters worldwide for over 25 years. The difference? CWR emergency water filters are portable, easy to set up, and exceptional at removing bacteria, parasites, sediment, and many harmful contaminants, including chlorine and harmful microorganisms. Plus, they are NSF certified to assure performance. CWR emergency water filters can produce thousands of gallons of safe drinking water from any water source and come with a five-year warranty and money-back guarantee. For a limited time, the filters are specially priced with free shipping. Call now. 800-444-3563. That's 800-444-3563. Or go to CWRSurvival.com. That's CWRSurvival.com. CWR Emergency Water Filters. Drinking water you can trust for when you need it most. CWRSurvival.com. Millions of people are going to get sick this winter from colds, flu, and other illnesses. Don't be one of them. Protect yourself with Supernatural Silver, a revolutionary new broad-spectrum antibacterial solution. Recent advances in silver technology have resulted in a silver solution that can be used daily to prevent bacteria, viruses, mold, and food poisoning, and help improve wound healing. Supernatural Silver is safe enough to consume every day, while powerful enough to destroy the causes of many serious diseases, such as strep, staph, pneumonia, cold, flus, and other harmful pathogens. This new technology has the ability to terminate entire colonies of harmful bacteria at several hundred times the effectiveness of colloidal or ionic silver solutions. The Science Digest Journal says silver is our mightiest germ fighter. It is virtually non-toxic and is emerging as a wonder of modern medicine. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com today and use the promo code SILVER2012 for 20% off. That's SupernaturalSilver.com and like us on Facebook. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? No, we are not missing yet. Some people kind of hope we would be, but we're not. We're still here. Gene Steinberg, Chris O'Brien, with David Holides, author of a book called Missing 411, with a very long subtitle, but mysterious disappearances of people in the U.S. and Canada. J.C. Johnson talking about the possible hybrid DNA discovery involving Bigfoot. And the fact here that you and Chris were talking about 
where females are offered in sacrifice to Bigfoot. And I wonder then, over the years, over the centuries, wouldn't Bigfoot become more human-like if we have this crossbreeding going on? You know, I couldn't explain that entirely, other than the fact that we've got the stories that these things have happened. It was a Franciscan monk back in the 1780s was keeping a journal and two of the women had been taken by the furry people and they were gone for almost a year and they lived on an island in the Rio Grande and the men would leave and they'd come back and bring them deer meat and things like that to eat and they finally learned habitually how long they were going to be out hunting and they escaped and they even found a neighboring tribe on their way home that weren't, wasn't friendly with their, their tribe. And when they told them their story, the, the tribe gave them a safe passage back to their people. And they gave uh, birth to children, I guess, that came out looking normal enough. A story in David Hatcher, uh, Childress's books, uh, Yetis and uh, Harry Giants, where in Russia, I think in the 40s, wasn't a woman supposedly taken by uh, sub- these Siberian wild men or hairy people, as you put it, and came back and gave birth to children that, that were very unusual looking. And, and I think David published a photograph of uh, one of the guys, uh, one of the children. I think it's from the 50s after he had grown up. But he looks rather simian, and uh, he doesn't look anything like his mom. Let's put it that way. So. We've got a well-documented story, the story of Zaina, the wild woman that was captured. Right. And basically kept in a pen for a couple of years till they broke her spirit, and they let her out. And she would carry flour sacks from the mill for her owner. They gave her all the wine she wanted, and consequently, um, some of the people from the village went in and took advantage of her. And she, uh, the first baby she had, she went down to the river during the winter to bathe the baby and the baby died of a shock and exposure I'm sure from the ice cold water uh, subsequent births they took the children and basically the village raised them and it was some Russian uh, hominologist who went back and they actually dug up uh, some of the grandchildren I think they dug up cut uh, his name a grandson and uh, I think Igor's got his skull and I think one of the Monster Quest episodes they pulled a tooth from the skull and had it DNA tested. Mm. So when they pulled that skull and tested the DNA, what they find? I think it came back inconclusive, and that might be something that needs to be revisited. Uh, time for another tooth, Igor. The thing I wonder about also here is how different must a creature be before humans cannot mate with it? You know, it sounds like there's a fair variance here, or possibly that. Bigfoot is very close to humans. I, th- I think it's time to have Dave chime in on this. Definitely. Glad to. Where could I help, guys? <laughs> Ask him the same question. The question is asked, Dave. What's your response? So the DNA results come back that it is essentially human with an unknown father, meaning that in uh, GenBank, that has millions and billions of returns on DNA, the father has no classification there, meaning that he doesn't exist. So there have been some rumors out there that the science paper, science white paper, has this statement in there of angel DNA, which it does not have. 
but uh, the father is unknown, the mother is known, and this has evolved within the last 15,000 years, and they can tell that by the evolution of the DNA that they found on the mother's side. Well, that also, I guess, acquaints the scientists I trust with the information about the range with which humans can breed. I guess we hear talk, for example, about alien hybrids where women are abducted and somehow they're, they're taken aboard and forced to give birth to an alien being or men have semen samples taken. So we assume that if E.T. exists and this is really happening, that somehow here the difference between the alien and the human is not so vast. Or maybe we should know more about genetic interbreeding or breeding with different species. So when you're submitting a science paper, you've got to stick strictly to the science. And you can't use words that would cause the ruffles on these scientists to step up and be objectionable. So words like alien, extraterrestrial, uh, angel, all those kind of words are not in the paper. So you and everyone else out there may be thinking that, but the reality of it is it's sticking straight to the facts. That's it, crucial importance. Um, scientists are notoriously conservative and gun-shy, and any sort of ad non-adherence to that particular scenario that uh, David just described uh, could be a death knell for any sort of paper, and that could be a lot of years' work going down the tubes. So conceivably, exactly. then, there are papers out there. So then do I assume it's possible that we have these papers or documents out there that indicate some sort of interbreeding and the results are showing unknown fathers and possibly unknown mothers, that we have all this information, all this evidence out there that contains all this very fascinating information. These papers are there, but they're not recognized for what they are because scientists don't want to characterize what might be going on. Well, I don't know about that. I, I think this is pretty groundbreaking. I've never heard of any other papers that have been written in this, uh, it was particularly with this subject. I mean, correct me if I'm and wrong, you, know, you guys. I, I, I would agree with that, that I don't believe there is anything out there even close to this. And the reason for that is that there's been many other tests on purported Bigfoot samples in the past. And we, we've cited five of those in the paper. And of those five, all of them came back, quote-unquote, human. And then the scientists behind those tests claimed that they were contaminated. The truth of that is many of those tests were probably good results where the scientists, just as JC stated, didn't understand how to unlock that to get to the DNA. And when we first started this with Dr. Ketchum, uh, in Tribal Bigfoot, one of my first books, is one of the first results she ever had where there were indicators that it was different type of DNA she was working with, and we wrote about it. And later on, probably maybe 18 months later, this woman worked relentlessly to try to understand how to unlock this to get at the DNA. Because when you just first are working with it, it's going to, if you test for human primers, it's going to come back at the mitochondrial level as human. But to get to that nuclear side, it, it isn't a standard A to B to C. You have to unlock a certain set of criteria 
to be able to get there. And again, like JC, I'm not, I'm not a geneticist. I'm not a DNA expert. And Dr. Ketchum and others have given me that education to, to know at a sixth grade level what's going on. But I do know that it was not an easy path. And I, it, it would be very doubtful that somebody else could find an easier path to that because in 10, 12, 15 years that these five other samples have worked their way through, nobody's been able to do it. Wow, the possibilities are endless. The possibilities are fascinating. And certainly having some solid scientific evidence will help. In our next segment, we'll want to look at the potential scientific reaction to all this and how the skeptics will continue to find excuses to explain how this might be happening. We do welcome your comments. Write us, news at thepowercast.com. Once again, that's news at thepowercast.com. We have David Politis, J.C. Johnson joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hey, neighbors. Meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen. Making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's gotomeeting.com, promo code podcast. What do you do when your propane runs out and you don't have a large amount of wood for cooking? That's when you need a Grover Rocket Stove from StockStorage.com. The Grover Rocket Stove starts easily with any combustible material like junk mail, small twigs, leaves, weeds, or dry sagebrush. Then just add a small amount of kindling wood and you'll be cooking entire meals in minutes. Grover Rocket Stoves are made right here in the USA and are built to last a lifetime using heavy-duty thick-gauge steel and are painted with high-temp paint to withstand heat. Go to StockStorage.com and see three great Grover Rocket Stoves, stainless steel, heavy-duty, or our original Grover Rocket Stove for only $135 and get free shipping to the lower 48. For phone orders, call 801-361-6984 or go to StockStorage.com. That's 801-361-6984 or StockStorage.com. The original Grover Rocket Stove Minimal Wood Use Cooking Stoves. Available exclusively from StockStorage.com. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com.
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Oh, my aching back. I've got to get some relief for my arthritis. When arthritis pain rears its ugly head, rub on Smooth Gator, the 60-second pain relief. Smooth Gator provides topical relief from head to toe and everywhere in between to stop pain fast. Smooth Gator is made with all natural oils, including wintergreen, aloe vera, and eucalyptus in a safe, non-greasy formula. Rub Smooth Gator on your neck, back, legs, knees, hands, any muscle or joint where pain from arthritis springs strains or backache needs fast 60 second pain relief smooth gator can also be used for allergies sinuses fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis in the time it took to listen to this message you could have had relief with smooth gator the 60 second pain relief go to smoothgator.com or phone 727-278-3137 call 727-278-3137 or click smoothgator.com the 60 second pain relief Hi, this is Ted Phillips listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. With Gene Steinberg and Chris O'Brien, we're here on the Paracast looking at possible DNA test results that may indicate human women have interbred with Bigfoot. Lots of possibilities. And as I was suggesting here, what kind of excuses will scientists come up with next? What will the skeptical inquiring organizations say when you give them this stuff? I think the first thing they're going to say is that it's contaminated. And that'll be an easy pull the gun real quick, pull the trigger, and shoot blindly, again, without reading. But once you read the paper and you understand that there have been many, many labs involved in this, labs that don't do work on animals, just strictly on human DNA. And these labs all came back with the same result and all went through decontamination procedures, which you can do on DNA to ensure that they aren't contaminated. And all of these pointed to the same exact DNA result. So when the paper is a very large piece of work, it it's mind-blowing when you get into it, when you understand it at a real basic level. So there's going to be a lot of people that probably won't really understand it. And the vast, vast majority of the public will never read it, even though it'll be available. And because they won't read it, there's going to be the naysayers who turn and twist and massage this so that it fits their criteria for refusal. And mainstream science this isn't a group of high-level scientists from the genetic side or from DNA side that did this. This is a, a doctor of veterinary medicine and a bunch of local yokels like JC and I that went out there and got these DNA samples and submitted them. And, you, and many times when it's the amateur that comes up with this and does this, it's refuted aggressively by the science world. Even though many amateurs have turned the corner on major science issues over the years, you can already see that there's some pushback 
because Dr. Ketchum is a DVM with genetics training. Now, she's, she's testified in court as an expert on DNA on many, many cases, and that's why DNA uh, Diagnostics, her company, had a pretty prominent place there in Texas. So the short answer to this is many people are going to push back on the science side, and they're going to try to massage and twist the data to fit their paradigm. But the reality is if you actually read the paper and you actually look to see what was done to overcome certain obstacles, you're going to be amazed. And keep in mind, too, is they're handling this stuff like a forensic pathologist. And as Dave said, you know, they they can uh, pretty well be certain there's no contamination when these samples are handled in that manner. Well, you understand, of course, the usual excuse given in a courtroom. Say you're having a murder trial and you're using DNA evidence. Well, the defense will say, you know what? The evidence is contaminated. Can't be my client. It really was the one-armed man. <laughs> yep, exactly. The only thing I can really speak of, you know, on our part, and too, you'll see in the videos, we're actually collecting samples. Uh, they're wearing gloves. They're not sneezing on the samples. We've got full custody of the samples from from infancy all the way to being sent to the laboratories and the way they were handled and photographed and documented the way these samples were handled. No human flesh came in contact with any of these uh, samples. And they were handled accordingly so there wouldn't be any contamination from us. So that's something, of course, that will be summarized in the report, how the evidence was gathered and the precautions taken? Yeah. And you wore the same gloves they wear on CSI, right? No, no. Brand new gloves every time. Come on. Yeah. Well, you know, JC, I, I, I want to add here, too, that I've been involved in in field work where I have gathered scientific samples. And if you're properly trained on how to do this and you document the process, in my case, I had the BBC there who filmed the entire sample gathering process. This particular set of samples, soil and plant and forensic um, samples, uh, were sent to uh, a lab and, and was part of a study. So if you document how you go about gathering the samples and you're very careful, obviously, with the evidence chain, then it shouldn't be called into question. But as we know, the debunkers out there are going to look for anything they can possibly find that will refute the, the results if they're positive. The, the bottom line is the science of the whole situation is going to show that we share this planet with just one thing we can't explain. That's, that's the whole bottom line there, and that's going to be open for conjectures and discussions. And as Dave said, you know, you can twist it to fit into your belief system of what these furry things are. It, it, the conjectures are out there. Number one, the science of it will speak for itself. That is my hope. And at least the acceptance that we're sharing this planet with something we can't explain. The other question I have here is, why should it be so outrageous to think that maybe there's a few species out there or a few hundred or thousand or million species we haven't discovered yet? Why do we always want to think we know everything? Well, and why do we always want it to be what we want it to be, not what it is? <laughs> That's another thing. You know, I... Um, I, I was I was in the complete ape situation. You know, this is a Gigantopithecus, or this is an offshoot of Gigantopithecus, or something of that nature. And I don't know that the study um, 
we'll shed any more light onto that, but, you know, the human factor is there. That's the bottom line. Uh, guys, uh, I'm on an email chain with 30 of the most prominent Bigfoot researchers in the world. And in the last two days, I've had a, a terse exchange back and forth with one of these very, very prominent scientists. And it, it's gone around and around and around about uh, the facts behind the human genetics versus just what JC said, the ape or the gorilla theory that it's Gigantopithecus. And this person has very staunchly got their feet in cement that it's an ape and it's a gorilla. And, and they have lived their entire career by this. They've written books about it. They are there. And during this exchange, I tried to, to get this person to read a few books that I recommended and um, open their mind up a little bit. Just as JC said, rather than it be something that you want it to be, what if it's something that you hadn't planned on? And in science, it's very hard to accept a complete unknown, meaning that the male side of the genetics here have never been identified. So that to them, rather than accept that, it's, it's much easier to completely discount it and say, ah, you know, contamination. But when, isn't it, isn't fact, it also true, guys, that we've always expanded our understanding of the world. Right now we believe that the Earth is 4.5 billion years old, except for a few people who still say it's 6,000 years old. We keep moving back the timeline of the first man or the first Neanderthal or the missing link or whatever. So science is always evolving. We can't expect it to always be the same. And it's a good thing, too, that science is evolving. And, you know, we're going back further and further and further in, into a, a human history and tool use a lot sooner. And, and typically... Uh, uh, I, I think with with us being, as far as I'm concerned, a separate creation as humankind, I think that in the situations where we were ended up in caves, that was the ghetto, the slum. I, I think we're hardwired to build houses. I think we're hardwired to hunt. I think we're hardwired to plant. I want to ask you about the sentence there, you know, separate creations. How so? But it's interesting, too, that I think most of your domestic seeds start popping up about 15,000 years ago also. And what say? Define that so our listeners that, that gets into a That gets into a whole other uh, thought train, a whole other can of worms. I think a lot of interesting things were happening about uh, actually probably around 22,000 years ago. Yeah, mankind first accidentally fermented grain. <laughs> and, and, and probably the whole initial uh, one of the initial motivations to to plant grains was to make beer. <laughs> Those are definitely my ancestors, for sure. <laughs> that, Obviously, that your ancestors, not mine. The DNA trait <laughs> is still there. Now, neighbors, we've been trying to find different ways for you to participate in the Paracast and have your questions asked. And the best way right now is to visit the Paracast Community Forums. That's the Paracast Community Forums at forum.theparacast.com. Once again, that's forum.theparacast.com. We have a place there called The Question Bank where you can ask your questions of forthcoming guests. The day before we recorded this show, we opened it up in our forums for questions from our listeners at forum.theparacast.com. In our next segment, we'll 
ask one of those questions. David Polites and J.C. Johnson joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. For all women and men who wish their fingernails were harder, this Christmas, wishes come true. Introducing Nails of Steel, a new revolutionary nail hardener. Nails of Steel puts muscle into your soft nails with a creamy, rich, natural herbal formula that is antifungal, hypoallergenic, and biodegradable. Just massage a drop of Nails of Steel over your natural or polished nails and go. With Nails of Steel, there's virtually no drying time. Within the first week, you'll notice your nails getting stronger to eliminate breaking, chipping, splitting, hangnails, Nails and fungus. Nails of Steel makes a great stocking stuffer for women or men. And right now, get three one-ounce bottles for only $74.95. That's about a $5 price break on each bottle that'll last you for months. Visit nailsofsteel.com. That's nailsofsteel.com. Nails of Steel. It's like a salon in a bottle. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, folks, so we started our focus on possible DNA evidence that might indicate reality of Bigfoot or some kind of hybrid creature that contains a little bit of Bigfoot, a little bit of humankind with Gene and Chris and David Politis and J.C. Johnson exploring all these things. We did also very briefly open our forums at forum.theparacast.com to questions about the things we're talking about today. We do have one question that's relevant to our discussion, Chris. Yeah, this comes from uh, Mike, who's been a five-year member of the Paracast Forum at forum.theparacast.com. He's very tired and he's never logged out. (laughs) Yeah, he's... He's he's been around for a while, and he does ask good questions. And this is something I was wondering about, David, as well. Who is actually doing the so-called peer review on the DNA results, and how long do you think it's going to take for the actual results to be made public? I personally don't know exactly where this is at today, and it would be improper for anybody who would know to, rev- to release that information. So 
JC, myself, and everyone else is under a non-disclosure agreement, so we can't release information that isn't already out there in the public venue, so we wouldn't say where it was at. But hopefully it's, it's moving ahead. This process takes much longer than many people understand. When you talk about probably the most important article ever written in any scientific journal anywhere, ever, if you were those scientists that had to approve this, you would make sure you went through this with a fine-tooth comb. So the people that are reviewing it don't want to be embarrassed. They want to make absolutely certain that what they're approving is real so you can understand the cautionary nature that they're taking. Good answer. And boy, I, I applaud the amount of time and effort that has gone into this. What? Give us a time frame. I mean, how long ago did this study begin in terms of the actual compiling of scientific data, having, having tests done? How long is, have, has this team been working on this? Well, it started five years ago when uh, we submitted a sample to Dr. Ketchum. She laughed originally, and she says, oh, we'll, we'll test it. And son of a gun, she calls me two days later, and she says, wow, Dave, this didn't react like anything I've ever seen. That started the process where we continued to gather. We probably got two dozen samples to her, and then uh, she said, you know, let's really make a run at this and try to, to get a shotgun sampling from North America. And we went on a, a large radio show in, uh, in the States, and both of us explained what we were doing, and we ended up attracting, like JC said, over 100 different samples. I was uh, perplexed as to where I was going to come up with the money to have some samples tested, so we put up the YouTube video, and I got contacted by all kinds of people, and then eventually... A Ketchum study seemed like the the best place to go because there was going to be a compiling of many samples, verifying each other, and I this I thought that's the best way to go. And I, in the end, uh, it was the right thing to do. It was the right place to go because anybody else would have gotten a hold of this uh, DNA, it would have come back the mitocide human. They would have once again they would have said contaminated, or it might have come back ninety nine percent human, one percent unknown. You know, you've got all these different factors coming back with these samples. So to have a comparative situation with all these other samples in mass that all match up with each other—that's the amazing part of it. That's really the overkill of the study is the amount of samples in it. I hope we'll see those results in a few weeks and a few months. And then we can have you guys back or maybe even have the person who performed the test on the show and then hopefully give us some more information and answer everybody's questions about the worth of the study. Now, let me ask you both a question, David and JC. Over the years, is this the first major study of possible DNA evidence of Bigfoot? As far as I know, as a compiled study for peer review, yeah. But why did it take so long? So it took... It took Dr. Ketchum probably 18 months to unlock this. And you got to understand that these tests cost tens and tens of thousands of dollars to perform. We're way up over several hundred thousand dollars in this study. And so one of the obstacles was try to find the funding, number one. Number two, to get labs to participate, because a lot of labs don't even want to be involved in something like this because they believe it's a hoax from the very beginning. We were able to attract some of the best labs in the United States and a couple of university labs participated as well. And so when amongst all of this criteria, this doesn't come together quickly. This is, this is a slow evolving process. And you have one person who's the ringleader on the science side, that's Dr. Ketchum. 
trying to manage her own work at the lab and then do this work on the side because she isn't getting compensated for this. She did it all on her good graces. Other than paying for chemicals and, and the outside lab, she did it on her own. And because of all of this, it was a tremendously time-consuming ordeal. Chris, what? more questions? Um, well, that's it on, on, on this particular subject. Um, I think maybe we should move along and talk about Dave's other work, uh, especially the uh, Missing 411 book. Uh, this is a, a topic that I am very, very interested in, and I think more people should be made aware of this whole mystery. And I think this would be a good, good time to, uh, to jump into that, Dave, and, and really talk about Missing 411. Why don't you give us an overview of how you first even came up with the idea of looking into the thousands of people that are just disappear without a trace uh, on this continent? Uh, how did you first get, get involved in this subject? So part of, part of the DNA process that we were working on with Bigfoot and is traveling a lot, going to different locations, interviewing people, understanding the circumstances behind how they got certain evidence, etc., and I was in the National Park, and I was talking to uh, a couple of employees there. And these were not employees of the federal government. These are contractors that work on the National Park site. And sometimes these are people that just clean rooms. Sometimes they're vendors in restaurants, etc. A lot of people don't understand that the restaurants and national parks aren't run by the government. It's all subcontracted out to other companies. And these are private individuals that would talk to you, whereas the National Park Service would probably never talk to you. So I was there, and I noticed that there were a couple of National Park Service employees who were just kind of hanging around. They weren't getting in the way. They weren't being rude. They were nice, polite people, but they showed some subtle level of interest of what I was doing there. And at the end of the night, I was staying at a uh, location off the park, and you get one of those knocks on the door. It's kind of strange, but because no one knew, I didn't think anyone knew where I was. And person comes to the door and says, hey, Dave, I'm uh, so-and-so. I'm an employee of the National Park Service. I saw you were at the park, and we actually know who you are, and we know your work, and you're, you're a former police officer. You've done a lot of quality things, and we know you could trust to be followed up with what we're going to tell you. And they came in, and they told me a story that they'd worked at previous parks. And most National Park Service rangers and law enforcement officers, during a career, average stay is probably seven to nine years at one location, and then they move on. And so during a career, they may see, they may see three or four different locations. And they stated that uh, previous places that they had worked at, they had had disappearances. And they said, on the face, it doesn't seem unusual. And there's a lot of publicity at the forefront when someone disappears. But after a short while, all the information stops being released. Now, maybe we can clarify this a bit more, David. When you talk about disappearances, is this something like someone doesn't come home, someone doesn't show up at work, doesn't show up for an appointment, and they never hear from that person again? This could be as simple as, hey, I'm going up uh, to Yosemite this weekend. I'm going to hike around. I'm staying in the valley. I'm staying in a place called Curry Camp. I'm not going to go out for more than, you know, seven or eight hours on a hike and I'll be back. That exact story has replicated itself so many times. So meaning that the person's not carrying a big backpack with overnight sleeping supplies, et cetera, et cetera. They may just have a day pack with a bottle of water and they're just taking a leisurely walk up into the hills surrounding Yosemite. 
and they're never found, they're never seen again, their packs never found, equipment's never found, nothing is ever found. So the, the, these people lay out this storyline, and, and they say, you know, there isn't any real follow-up to anything regarding disappearing people. We'll get into and more about best- missing 411. What's going on here? What happened to these people? David Politis is the guy who's been doing the research. We have J.C. Johnson with Gene and Chris in The Paracast. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number, 1-877-804-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com But wait... There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. The great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. Libertystickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. Here it comes, another cold and flu season. Get ready for it and save now during the pre-winter sale at HerbalHealer.com. 
Don't be without powerful natural flu fighters like elderberry power capsules. They support the immune system and they have antiviral properties. Another powerful antiviral is olive leaf capsules, highly recommended by Herbal Healer Academy. Also on sale is Physician Strength Oregacillin, a savior for the lungs. It fights bacteria, virus, and fungus. Our famous four-herb capsules are a gentle liver cleanser and can be taken daily. Also featured this winter are the homeopathic detoxes, liver, kidney, lung, lymph, whole body, and brain detox on sale. And remember, as always, new customers get a free 128-page catalog with your order. Log on and hit the pre-winter specials at HerbalHealer.com. Healing the world with nature, one person at a time, since 1988. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Gene and Chris, we're focusing on the new book about missing people in North America from David Politis with J.C. Johnson joining us, too. So we're trying to figure out here when this becomes important. Now, I assume, you know, when somebody doesn't show up or someone goes on a vacation or something and doesn't get back, in a situation like this, unless there's a large immediate family or friends, people are just going to ignore it, right? That wasn't the angle that uh, this person was approaching it on. That wasn't the angle we approached it on. We're just looking at people that reported as missing. Uh, They could have been in camp with three or four other people, and they just didn't come back from the hike. And they gave us this broad swath of information, a few locations to look at. They were polite, and they said, hey, you need to look into this because there's a story here, and there's a problem here, and we don't know what it is, but look into it. They left. The next morning, I'm driving home. I call a couple of former law enforcement friends, and I lay out what I was just told. And I said, hey, get into the computer, make a few phone calls, find out if this is real. And within two hours, we came back and said, wow, there's, there's something here that, that really is a story that needs to be looked into. So when you look at the national park system in the United States and Canada, it's a very well-organized federal group. They have their own police officers. These police officers go to the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Virginia. They are highly trained. They're better trained than most police officers in small cities across the U.S. They get federal training. They go back regularly for additional training. These are not the guys that clean campsites. These are not the guys that change the garbage cans. These guys are in patrol cars. They have a classification as a law enforcement officer. And subsequent to that, they have special agents within their group that do the follow-up on these cases. So they have a strong law enforcement contingent in the national park system. Holding that thought and with that knowledge base, we sent a Freedom of Information Act request to the National Park Service asking for a list of missing people inside their system and a list specifically of missing people from Yosemite. And you got to understand this. You could go onto almost any website of any medium-sized city in North America, and on that police department website, they're going to have a list of missing people from that city. It's just normal. It's part of the basic law enforcement training you go through. You understand that if somebody from a city official walks into your department and says, hey, uh, how many people do we have missing in our city today? The police chief will be able to go to a file and within an hour show you a list of missing people. It's like 
Missing Persons 101 to police officers. It's very, very basic. All right, clarify here. We're focusing here mostly on individuals who disappeared within the national park system. So filing a Freedom of Information Act request against the Park Service for this information. After about two months, we get a letter back from an attorney inside the national park system, not a, neg- not a regular response, stating that they do not keep track of missing people. They have never kept track of missing people. They don't know how many people are missing in their parks. And if we wanted a list of all the missing people in the national park system, that list would cost us $1.4 million for them to do their research. If we wanted a list from Yosemite, that'd be $34,000. Now, I want to explain, you can keep a list of missing people on a piece of graph paper, on a clipboard, on a wall in an office. Where somebody goes missing, the date, the time, their name. It's not real tough. It's not rocket science. And as I've been approached by many other police officers and administrators across North America, something is wrong there. This is not normal practice. For them not to be responsible enough and held accountable for this information almost shows that it was a calculated practice to not keep this information. Wouldn't it be a trivial matter just to record this in a computer, have a computer database of this kind of information? Why wouldn't they have it? The million-dollar question. Sounds like a cover-up to me, boy, I'll tell you. $34,000 $34,000 just to come up with a list of people missing from Yosemite? Uh, it, it doesn't Correct. make sense. Some, something's a, a little downwind to Denmark on that whole deal. So much for the Freedom of Information Act. Sure, you can get the information. Well, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. <laughs> and, and to JC's point, there is a segment there that's in the law that says that they can make a reasonable charge for this information, except that there's also a kin- contingent there that if you're the member of the press or you're a printed author, they have to grant you an exception. So I claim the author exception. I had two books printed by Hancock House, a big publishing house, and the attorney came back and said that they won't allow that exemption with me because they stated that my books aren't in enough public libraries. And trust me, friends, that is not anywhere in the Freedom of Information Act where they can claim that. So that's a new litmus test. It has to be in a number of libraries. If it's in less than that number of libraries, it doesn't count. That's wacky. And they won't tell you what that they won't tell you what that number of libraries is either. Boy, it's it's sure it's we're we're getting closer to the fish market here. Yeah. So continue. What 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 did you do? What did this uh, indicate to you? And 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 what what was your next uh, you know steps that you had to take? So when, when you get a response like that, anyone with any level of common sense knows this is a red flag. And so if we have to go the long distance to get the information, we'll do it. And Yosemite just happened to be a couple hours from where I lived in California. And I said, you know what? If I have to camp out at the uh, library to go through every newspaper archive I have to, I'm going to do it. And then everyone else in our group said, hey, we'll do it too. We'll do it too and it slowly started to steamroll, the number of disappearances in Yosemite is absolutely mind-boggling. And we're not talking about disappearances where the person fell into a river, the person disappeared near a body of water. We excluded every one of those. We're talking about unusual disappearances. One of the most unusual I wrote about was a girl, 15 years old, named Stacy Eris. 
Stacy was with a uh, her dad and a group as they were backpacking on horseback through an area called Sunrise Camps up in the higher elevations of Yosemite. And they rode for a day, and uh, there were about 15, 16 people on horseback. They rode into these uh, small cabins way up in the middle of nowhere and many miles from a road. And they got off the horseback, and Stacy went into the cabin and freshened up and got changed. And there was a 70-plus-year-old man that was a friend, and her and this old man walked out to this point. And everybody in the group saw him walk to the point. And Stacy told her dad that she was going to walk out there and take her camera and take a few pictures. And she walked out there with this old man, and the old man sat down on a rock, and they had a conversation. And then Stacy told the man she was going to walk over a couple of uh, rocky bluffs. And these, this area, if you can imagine, is just covered with boulders, huge, huge boulders of granite. And there's very little tree coverage. And down a couple hundred yards from where they were was a small lake that had a lot of trees, big trees around the lake. And Stacy said she was going to go down to this lake and take a few pictures. Now, again, to set the scenario, they rode in on horseback. They're in the middle of nowhere. There's no roads nearby. There's no way to really take Stacy forcibly without her screaming her head off or... Even a big man, you cannot carry a, a normal-sized woman a long distance in the middle of nowhere. I'll tell you what, this exhausted. show is going to go nowhere if I don't do this break. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hey, neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible. To run and organize, use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen. Making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code PODCAST. Smokers, are you still smoking traditional cigarettes? Are you still smelling up your clothes and car interior, staining your teeth, and getting ashes everywhere? Why? When you could be smoking or vaping with e-cigarettes by LaSig. With LaSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replacement cartridges, you'll get all the satisfaction of smoking, but no smoking hazards. Choose from a wide variety of our new American-made Vapriate e-liquid flavors at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com, or call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Warning, e-cigs may contain nicotine, an addictive substance known to the state of California to cause birth defects or cancer. Please be aware of the risks associated with e-cigs prior to use. You must be 18 years or older to purchase. 
for all women and men who wish their fingernails were harder. This Christmas, wishes come true. Introducing Nails of Steel, a new revolutionary nail hardener. Nails of Steel puts muscle into your soft nails with a creamy, rich, natural herbal formula that is antifungal, hypoallergenic, and biodegradable. Just massage a drop of Nails of Steel over your natural or polished nails and go. With Nails of Steel, there's virtually no drying time. Within the first week, you'll notice your nails getting stronger to eliminate breaking, chipping, splitting, hang nails and fungus nails of steel makes a great stocking stuffer for women or men and right now get three one ounce bottles for only $74.95 that's about a five dollar price break on each bottle that'll last you for months visit nailsofsteel.com that's nailsofsteel.com nails of steel it's like a salon in a bottle oh my aching back i've got to get some relief for my arthritis when arthritis pain rears its ugly head, rub on Smooth Gator, the 60-second pain relief. Smooth Gator provides topical relief from head to toe and everywhere in between to stop pain fast. Smooth Gator is made with all natural oils, including wintergreen, aloe vera, and eucalyptus in a safe, non-greasy formula. Rub Smooth Gator on your neck, back, legs, knees, hands, any muscle or joint where pain from arthritis, sprains, strains, or backache needs fast 60-second pain relief. Smooth Gator can also be used for allergies, sinuses, fibromyalgia, and rheumatoid arthritis. In the time it took to listen to this message, you could have had relief with Smooth Gator, the 60-second pain relief. Go to smoothgator.com or phone 727-278-3137. Call 727-278-3137 or click smoothgator.com, the 60-second pain relief. Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. David Politis and J.C. Johnson joining us. We're exploring mysterious disappearances on the Paracast with Gene and Chris, focusing on state parks, finding what's going on. So people are just disappearing. Before we get into some of the cases of what's involved, I suppose we could consider here, because it's possible they're being taken away by animals or something? So I'll explain the, the heiress disappearance, and we'll kind of walk into that. So Stacy walks down to this lake, and she disappears. She never comes back. A massive search, many weeks. Probably this is back in the uh, 60s. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. They never found her. And there was massive reports written about this case. The only thing they ever found was they found the lens cap to her camera on the middle of the trail near the lake. Now, we filed a Freedom of Information Act request to obtain the reports on the Stacey Harris disappearance, and the National Park Service refuses to give it to us because they say it's an ongoing case, even though nobody's looked at that case in 20 years. And there are no suspects, yet they won't give it to us. We appealed this through Congress, and we still can't get the case. And this is the one case that they will not give us. Now, now the way it's lo- situated, a national park... David, this means that local police authorities just can't get on there and pursue an independent investigation. Not entirely true. Uh, the actual search and rescue on national parks is oftentimes in conjunction with a county search and rescue team. But they have to be invited on the property, right? Correct. Okay. 99% of the time they are. But in this case here, the local authorities are not being invited. 
to pursue this? No lo- local authorities were invited, and they did participate in the search. But the record-keeping is kept by the National Park Service. So the local authorities have no independent record to access? Not going back that far. It's hard to find records on missing people with local jurisdictions that far into the past when they aren't the investigating body. The National Park Service had the responsibility of maintaining the records and keeping that case active. All right. Now, keeping the information about this disappearing woman secret for over 20 years, is this a typical problem here? Or is it anomalous, or what? It's, it's unusual. But we've had other cases in Crater, Le- Crater Lake up in Oregon where we knew certain people disappeared during a specific period of time. The National Park Service came back, and they said that they destroyed all the cases during that period of time. Duh. I said, wait a minute. I said, wait a minute. The person's missing. It was a criminal case. The FBI came in. They did a search and processed the scene, and you lost everything? They said, yeah, we destroyed everything. Now, I don't know about conspiracy theories and other conspiracy theories, but before we get into more case histories and possible reasons, why on earth would anyone do anything like this? It doesn't make sense to me at all, or I guess to anybody. (laughs) So, uh, to get to your point regarding animal attacks, when an animal attacks an adult or even an older teenager if that attack occurs, there's going to be a lot of hair. There's going to be a lot of blood. There's going to be a lot of screaming. You're going to fight for your life. This isn't going to be a quiet, take you away, you're going to disappear, and no one's ever going to find any evidence. These are professional teams that go in there and look for people, and they look for specifics just like you stated. If someone attacks an adult or a 15-year-old girl, you're going to fight for your life. And there are few animals in Yosemite that could take on an adult and kill him. Now, maybe if a big mountain lion got the drop on you, possible, but again, it's going to be a big fight with a lot of blood and a scene that's going to be readily identifiable. None of those scenes and none of those circumstances are involved in any of the cases, and they've been excluded if there's any evidence of that in any of the cases. These cases stand on their own as very unusual. There's never any evidence anywhere, just someone vanishes from the face of the earth, almost literally? Well, there's, there's several cases that we write about where pieces of the people were found, minute oh. pieces of, of individuals. There's a couple of cases where people were found and their pants were taken out, and their pants were inside out laying next to these pieces of them, yet there was no bite marks or any tears in the pants. Now, you say pieces of someone. Are we talking about, and we're getting graphic here, folks, so don't have your dinner when we talk about this. Are we talking about fingers, nails, what? We're talking about minute pieces of bones. Not, I mean, maybe fingernail-sized pieces of bones. Very, very small. Doesn't that imply some kind of animal intervention here? I also don't want to generalize about everything. Every case is different. Some cases they have found people that were dead and they were intact and frozen. One case specifically I wrote about where a kid's pants were down to his knees and he died in Rocky Mount or in uh, Great Smoky Mountain National Park along with several other people who have vanished there. So there, there's a string of unusual disappearances there. Another time uh, an individual named Bart Schleier died in uh, the Yukon Territory while he was uh, bow hunting for moose. 
And there's been a lot of people that have written untruths about that story. Truth is, Bart was uh, a naturalist that actually captured bear for uh, the state of Montana and then did it for Russia, for their country. He was an absolute bear expert and an absolute wildlife expert. He was out moose hunting alone next to a lake. He vanished. The RCMP first went into the camp and said they couldn't find him. His friends went back into the camp and they found his pants. They found his baklava. They found a few other things. They found bear scat at the scene. And newspaper reports indicated that there was human remains in the bear scat. That is not true. The uh, Department of Natural Resources uh, investigator that handled that case stated that there was no human remains in the scat. They don't know what attacked and killed Schleyer. And it, in his 33 years working for the natural resources, he had never seen something more unusual in his life. And he was amazed that I was able to find him and find that story. Doesn't that imply there, in a situation like that, some kind of animal intervention, though? I'm not going to say it's animal because the expert couldn't say it was animal. All right. Now, in a general sense, there are people who want to disappear. They have bills. They have family problems. They'd rather just vanish if they could, find a way where... They just go off the radar, and maybe they're somewhere else in another part of the country or a different country, and that's a deliberate action. So in a case like this, where we have these mysterious disappearances, do you have a sense of how many are deliberately done by the person who wants to get away from it all? If we had an inkling of that, we threw that case out. Again, we went through this with a fine-tooth comb. How do you have an inkling of it, though? How do you have an inkling of something like that? I'd say there was a statement from a relative. Oh, he didn't really want to be here. He wanted to commit suicide or, you know, he wanted to drop out of the society or something and he wanted to move and he, he didn't want anyone to follow him. If there, was, if there was a statement like that somewhere, then we excluded it. Okay, but okay. But 90% of the cases that follow that logic involve little tiny kids. How tiny? What are we talking about? What age group? Between two and eight. Oh, my God. Well, we know kids sometimes want to run away from their parents. But in a national park on a visit? That doesn't make sense to me. Um, that would be an indication of foul play or, or something unusual, obviously. You're saying basically, Chris, if there's a situation there, uh, child abuse or something... Or a kidnapping, we'd have some evidence. Certainly kidnapping, because you think, well, someone's going to ask for a ransom. There has to be some ulterior motive, not just to take someone, or I don't know. You know, well, you, you, you know, see there, these TV shows about slavery and all that stuff. There's some pretty sick people out there in, in the world, uh, and I'm sure that some of these cases potentially could could be some sort of... Uh, of, of of kidnapping for whatever um, sick reasons uh, that people might have, but I, I need to get a better sense, David, of of the numbers that you've uncovered. What what kind of numbers are we talking about here? I mean, have you been able to come up with a a figure, let's say uh, per year or a total? Uh, what are we talking about here? Are, are these hundreds of cases, thousands? Then again, in the scheme of things. One unexplained case is more than enough. We'll get into those numbers and a lot more with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast.
the GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. one 804 my tv The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call one 804 my tv right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HDTV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part? The pristine digital picture and sound. Call one 804 my tv So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock, save you money, and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. So it's off to Grandma's house for the holidays, eh? (laughs) That's great. But while you're going over the river and through the woods, professional burglars are choosing easy targets to break into. Don't be an easy target. Plug in fake TV. Fool criminals into believing someone's home at your house watching TV. Fake TV works a bit like the light on a timer, but fake TV is far more convincing. Fake TV plugs into any outlet and simulates the light and colors of a real TV. Burglars will likely move on to easier targets and leave your house alone. Fake TV costs less than a month of most alarm monitoring plans and makes a great Christmas gift. Or it's perfect if you're traveling over the holidays or anytime. Order your fake TV by calling 877-5-FAKE-TV or go to faketv.com. That's 877-532-5388 or faketv.com. Fake TV, the burglar deterrent. Farmers keep livestock lean and healthy with a mineral-rich diet. Then, before market, they cut off minerals, leading them to crave high-calorie grains. If weight control is this easy, why prescribe surgery for humans? Introducing Longevity. You could avoid 900 diseases by getting 90 essential nutrients from Longevity. Check out 90 for Life at tobeyoungagain.com or call 855-79-YOUNG. That's 855-79-YOUNG or tobeyoungagain.com. Longevity. It's all about saving money, getting healthy, and creating wealth. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. In a previous segment, Chris O'Brien asked the question of David, the numbers, how many people are involved here, a year, overall, whatever, in these mysterious disappearances, David? So, uh, we documented over 400, but... One of the one of the issues on this, and somebody brought it up to me in an email the other day, and it was very astute of them, is that if if somebody was abducting people in a short period of time in a single location, it would raise a red flag. But if somebody was methodically picking indiscriminate locations over an extended period of time, but say today we abduct one from Yosemite and tomorrow we abduct one from a rural location in Montana and then five days later from Oklahoma, it's not going to really raise a red flag. And if you look at this and you, and you read the circumstances that follow this, you're going to see that there is parallels to each one of these. One of the things that we talk about in the book is that many, many times when somebody disappears, either right before or just as the search is starting, bad weather hits the area. And that, that's, that, that occurs more times than not. And I'm talking about rain, snow, wind, hail. Just, it destroys evidence. It, it makes the tracking almost impossible for the people. The waters in the creeks and the rivers rise. It, uh, another thing that comes up regularly, uh, let's say a kid runs away from their parents because they're upset at them in a national park. Well, you know, the kids lost, they bring in canines. Uh, the canines brought to the parents. The parents give a piece of clothing that's been worn by the kid to the canine. Canine runs off, finds a kid within 20 minutes. That's the way it should happen more times than not. Not in these cases. Sometimes the canine will lay down and won't even want to track. Other times the canine walks in circles as though it's confused. But in no time in any of these cases does a canine go and find the person. Well, that's the most curious thing of all, that a dog can be fooled into not being able to find anything or acting frightened? That's correct. I'd like to bring up something this time, too, that's going to come up later. We're in a situation where people have pointed the finger at Bigfoot or pedophiles or mass murderers or kidnappers in the National Forest And I would just like to bring up a couple of stories uh, from eyewitnesses that I have. And uh, we've got a family up on the Lukachukai Mountains, one of my research areas, and they herd sheep and cattle up there. And they were building a road on this old uranium road where the mines used to be up there. And they're trying to get back to get some firewood and more easy access to some of the cattle they're pushing down. And I talked with them for some time, and there was some little kids there and the adults and the, the uncle and... When a little kid started crying, and he said something to her in Navajo that I recognized. 
And I said, you're telling her not to cry because, like, the boogeyman's going to get her? He goes, essentially, yeah, that's what I just told her. I said, well, uh, that's kind of scary. He said, well, just a few weeks ago, a little girl was out pinion picking with her family, and she was crying and having fits. She was three years old, and she was not having a good day out in the sunshine with the family. And they said the same thing to her. And a few minutes later, she's gone, completely gone. They can't find any footprints, anything to indicate where she went. And they went out, instead of waiting for law enforcement, which would have taken several hours to get there, they had some people cutting wood locally, they had some other people pushing sheep and cattle, and they went and told them this little girl was missing, and they just took off looking for her. And eventually they found her, and she was about three miles away, up in a a cave-type area, up in some clefts of a rock with an overhang, crying her eyes out. (laughs) Than when they found her. But the interesting thing, she would have had to cross over a couple of creeks and some really steep mountainous areas to get into this area and then climb up into this rocky, cavey overhang. You know, they, they found that unusual. And uh, being the limited speech of a three-year-old, the, the only thing she could tell him is the bear man took her. Goodness. Well, so, well, David, I, I mean, do you have any theories about what we're dealing with here, these these inexplicable disappearances that, especially when, when tracking dogs won't participate or act uh, in an abnormal manner? Uh, you know, I, tr- I actually trained uh, dogs uh, for a Doberman kennel when I was in high school, and I know a little bit about how well these animals are able to track. I think the record is... Uh, is uh, 80 miles uh, uh, tracking someone actually in a car. A bloodhound was able to follow 80 miles the scent of a, of a particular individual that was a person of interest that they were tracking. Dogs are, have very good noses, and they're able to pick up parts per trillion uh, in the environment. What is your feeling about this? Well, what do you think we're dealing with here? I, I'm, I'm sure you, there's no one-size-fits-all answer, but, but give us your thinking here. So one of the one of the things that we decided early on in this project is that there are so many kids, very young, that have disappeared, that if we start to pro- propose a hypothesis on what's happening here, the hypothesis becomes the story, and the and the kids become an asterisk. The reality of it is, is that we want the stories of these people that have disappeared, that have just been lost, that aren't being told that get no publicity and no media. You want those to be out there. What I think is really irrelevant, and why I say that is that since the books have become widely available, I've gotten thousands of emails, and I can tell you that I've heard 10 different hypotheses that each one of them were probably 10 pages long that were extremely well thought out, that were... I think that are somewhat viable on their face because I've heard all of these before eventually, but never posed like that. And so I, I think exactly what, whatever I think, probably I'm wrong. But the truth is, is that it's not a standard cookie cutter disappearance. There's something unusual happening. Coupled with the amount of reports that have been lost, the, the refusal to supply data, I mean, if you have some level of common sense, you can see that this isn't normal. I think the government, the U.S. government is hiding. I mean, this should not be an issue. Uh, This this type of information should be uh, transparent and and easily available. 
from someone like yourself, who's a published author and a uh, ex law enforcement official. What do you think the government's hiding? Uh, just numbers, or um, you know, just sheer sheer volume of, of potential uh, disappearance cases, or uh, what do you think's going on there? That, that's a that's very unusual. I, I had no idea that it was so difficult to get this type of information from the Department of Interior. So a very close friend of mine is the head of a major, major law enforcement group in the U.S. And he read the books, and he's talked to me hours about this. And he said, Dave, there's only one thing that could be happening here. The government can't control, they can't respond, and they can't kill whatever is doing this. Because if it was anything else, they would go in and they would do it. And in the book, there's two instances in the uh, 1960s of small boys that disappeared from national parks. One boy was named Dennis Martin, Great Smoky Mountain National Park. He disappeared when he was with his dad, his grandfather, and his brother in a field, Spence Field. And another boy named Douglas Legg, who disappeared in the Adirondacks in northern New York. Both these boys were in family settings, just vanished quickly, and giant, giant searches were started. And in both of these instances, the Green Berets showed up. Now, in the 1960s, the National Park Service law enforcement people were not armed. Green Berets showed up in helicopters. They landed in a field. They set up their own communication system. They didn't search with National Park people. They were armed, and they never told anybody what their mission was. The assumption was that they were, lo- they were looking for Dennis Martin. And the same exact thing happened with Douglas Legg in northern New York. Now, since these books have been out, you know, I've got to, I've got to believe that the Green Bray were somehow searching for Dennis or, or Douglas. Well, since the books have been out, I've been contacted by three different families of Green Berets. And the Green Berets signed an oath of secrecy to join special forces. So they'll never talk about what their mission or the mission statement was. But the families of these people who talk to them regularly, their families talk. And three different times I got responses only saying a very short statement, being Green Berets do not search for missing kids. We filed a Freedom of Information Act request against the Army asking for all the orders and all the paperwork associated with the search that the Green Berets did. And not only did we get refused, they wouldn't even respond or acknowledge that three separate times we filed these. We'll get into a lot more of this coverage. Why won't they give you that information? Why is it being kept a secret? With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. If you're considering a water filter, have you heard about Aquapail? Aquapail from FreezeDryGuy.com has huge advantages over many other water filters. American-made Aquapail units are designed and engineered to not just filter contaminated water, but capture or kill all bacteria and viruses to non-detectable levels. Aquapel has the fastest flow rate of any other water filter on the market, filtering a gallon of contaminated water in about five minutes. That's water when you need it. Now, get the world's fastest, safest, and most reliable gravity-fed portable water treatment system for surface, well, and wastewater sources. Aquapel. Available in four sizes starting at only $100. In all orders to the lower 48, ship free. Call 866-404-3663 or go to freezedryguy.com. That's 866-404-3663 or freezedryguy.com. 100% veteran owned. The Freeze Dry Guy. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Gene and Chris in the Paracast, we have J.C. Johnson, David Politis. We're talking about the strange disappearance of people in national parks. We were discussing this at the end of our last segment, David, that... They're keeping all this information a secret. You can't get information on Green Berets, what they've done. You know, looking at all the conspiracy theories, do they just not want to admit people disappear in national parks as a matter of being politically correct? It's a safe place or what? I had a discussion with the head of the law enforcement group for the National Park Service, and initially they stated that they couldn't afford to uh, keep track of missing people. And... He didn't know who he was talking to or he wasn't well prepared. I have no idea, but I I confronted him. I said, don't be ridiculous. You have 189 locations under your guidance. You could go out and spend $2 for a clipboard and some graph paper, and you could keep track of every missing person in every system for the next five years. This isn't a laptop computer and an Excel spreadsheet. You could do this with no problem. This isn't rocket science. He didn't say anything. I said, well, why are you... Why are you vying to charge me $34,000 for something you should be doing as a group? He didn't answer. He said that uh, at some point they were going to get some big intertwined computer network and then they'd be able to do this, but right now they couldn't do it. But they didn't answer the question why it hasn't been done and why every other police department sheriff's office in North America keeps track of this information, but they don't. This brings up the, the question uh, of disappearing people in general. I, I forget where I read this, uh, and I've, I've seen it in a couple of different uh, um, books or articles about a spate of disappearances in Westchester County over a short period of time. I think it was two or three years. Over 5,000 people disappeared. Now, obviously, 
Some of these are custody uh, battles, kids running away, that sort of thing. You have to throw out, um, you know, obviously a, a sizable percentage of cases, but it still leaves hundreds of people that mostly, mostly younger people that disappeared without a trace. Now, you would think in a federally controlled place like a national forest or a national park that there would be accurate record keeping and transparency when it comes to this type of information. So what I'm kind of getting from this conversation, uh, Dave, is that there is something going on that the government is aware of that they are in a, a lockdown mode, if you will, um, in terms of, of transparency. They are trying to keep people like yourself at arm's length so as not to divulge numbers, tactics, uh, response procedures, and the types of things that uh, – that you would normally expect that would go into in, into these cases. How many of these cases uh, occur, do you think, that do not make the media, that, that do not generate some sort of uh, local, let's say, media coverage or, or that sort of thing, people that are possibly out there on their own, loners, for instance, uh, cars that show up in national parks and the owners um, are never seen again. Uh, and nobody knows why they're there or, or, you know, what they were doing while they were there. No remains are found. No evidence is found. I mean, how many cases like that that, that don't involve family members uh, turning around and, and their little, you know, Betsy is gone, let's say? That's a great question. And unless the case has some media visibility, you and I would never even know about it. And I think as long as there's relatives out there, the case does get that visibility for the first week to two. Now, as an example of, of how complex these issues can get, in the late 1950s, a 24-year-old student from the University of California at Berkeley, a grad student, went to Yosemite with his family for a weekend. And they were staying in, in the populated area down in the valley, and he, he stated he was going to go for a day walk, a hike up into the mountains around the, around the valley. It, there's, there's thousands of these hikes around very well-maintained trails, very well-identifiable. He goes off, he disappears. So on the face, you know, it can happen, but, you know, in the 1950s, there wasn't a lot of visibility. So four months later, another University of California graduate student who didn't know this other man goes with his family, goes for a hike in Yosemite, and disappears. It took the families about five months to find each other and understand that there was this close proximity in time. Both were Cal grad students, both disappeared in Yosemite, both were with family members, both were staying in the valley, and both were never found. The families got together, and they, they mounted a huge search that lasted for months. They wrote a letter at the time to President Eisenhower, and they both stated that they felt that their sons were abducted. And they asked Eisenhower to send special forces into the park to look for their boys. Eisenhower refused. Uh, he had a subordinate uh, acknowledge the letters, and that was it. And these, these two were never found. But you'd never hear about this unless somebody got into the minutiae of the data. And it's probably a story Yosemite doesn't want to get out. And this is just an example of the strange and odd coincidences that occur in the disappearances that I write about. Now, a lot of people could say, ah, that's, you guys happen to be from UC, two guys just happen to be in Yosemite, 
two guys just happened to disappear. But ironically, both families think that they were abducted. And both families asked for special forces. It's pretty ironic. And speaking of abductions, we have a, a current ongoing situation here uh, about an hour Away from me, a 13-year-old boy is missing in Colorado. The father reported him missing on the 19th. They've brought in search crews. They've brought in everybody. And this is in a fairly remote area up in the La Plata Mountains in La Plata County with a lot of activity there as far as the strange, bizarre, and the unusual. David and I have been trading back and forth information on this, and, and they've lately brought in the FBI, so they are treating it as an abduction situation and what david brought up he said it's this might be the unfortunate ending of this whole story but they'll probably find him within two miles of where he disappeared he'll be in a ravine inside some type of water runoff or he'll be up on top of uh, a very high place near where he was abducted you know and that that might be the case in the situation now, we just wanted to cover a few bases here in terms of these mysterious disappearances. Now, allegedly, if you watch these TV shows, and of course, there's a show called Criminal Minds on CBS that focuses on, I guess, what are called mass or serial killers, that there could be several hundred individuals around the United States, not counting the entire world, who kill multiple people at multiple times, serial killers. So at any time, can we consider... Regular human criminals, as bizarre as they may be, as being responsible for any number of these cases? I think that is extremely, extremely, extremely unlikely. And as a group of law enforcement retirees that have looked at all of these cases, our gut tells us that would be almost impossible. Again, to force an adult to go with someone in the middle of the woods... Uh, especially especially in, say, a national forest where a lot of people are armed and where I am and myself and JC are probably always armed, you're risking, you're risking death by walking up to me and trying to get me to walk with you anywhere. Right, but you're a and rarity. I, but there's a lot of hunters that we write about that have disappeared under very strange circumstances, too. And they're all armed. So I think that and the paradigm that these the kids that disappear are disappear almost under the nose of the parents. It's not like you let a 21-month-old walk two miles away from you. I mean, the kids are very, very close. There's a story about uh, a boy named Alfred Bielharts that disappeared in Rocky Mountain National Park in the uh, late 1930s. He was literally walking behind his parents up a river, next to a river. Park Service thought, as most do, that the boy fell in the river. Parents said, no, he didn't go in the river. We didn't, he, there's no way. We weren't close enough to the river. They blockade the river with the assistance of the fish and game, and they searched it for a week. No, he wasn't in the river. I'll and tell you what. Let's continue in a second. We've got to do the break. We're focusing on one particular case history here, but we've got more with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Yeah. 
Hey, neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen, making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code PODCAST. Hi, this is Peter Kronschnabel from Midas Resources. As you know, federal government spending is at an all-time high, and inflation will be a direct result of the spending policy. European government and central bank spending policies have put the European Union on the brink of collapse. What are you doing right now to protect yourself financially? Are your assets working for you or against you? One thing is certain. Having physical possession of gold and silver will guarantee that no matter what happens to our economy or the dollar, your investment will never be worthless. And it will protect you from that hidden tax, inflation. If you've been thinking about investing in physical possession of precious metals or having an IRA in precious metals, I can help. Call me today, Peter Kronschnabel at 800-686-2237, extension 108. And I'll take the time to personally put together a portfolio designed to protect what you've worked so hard for. Call 800-686-2237, extension 108. You've worked hard your whole life, and I want to work hard for you. Call Peter at 800-686-2237, extension 108. Preparedness is simple when you have the right stuff. And with the looming threat of economic collapse and possible service interruption, it's time to get the best-in-class preparedness stuff at DisasterStuff.com. DisasterStuff.com has been serving smart preppers for over 15 years with quality products like Berkey water filters. DisasterStuff.com is the official Berkey in-stock shipping center. And as always, free shipping on all Berkey products. Stock up on water barrels and accessories. Get Country Living or Wonder Mill grain mills. Excalibur food dehydrators. Tatler reusable canning lids. Sun oven solar cookers. EMP bags to protect sensitive electronics. And don't be without your Life Straw personal water filter. All from DisasterStuff.com. Preparedness is simple with the right stuff from DisasterStuff.com. Freedom through self-reliance and personal responsibility. My name is Josh. One World Way is the best in the market, hands down. I'm in the U.S. Navy, and I live a very active lifestyle. Being a vegetarian, it's hard getting all the protein I need. I tried the vegan protein powders, and I just wasn't feeling any change. The Meathead Supplement Store whey protein kind of worked for a bit, but it left me feeling bloated, and my digestion seemed to slow down. By some divine stroke of luck, I heard a commercial of One World Way on the radio, and it struck my interest. I have to tell you, I am so glad I got it. I have been taking it for a week, and the results are amazing. I don't feel tired when I have to get up at 4.30 a.m. I look and feel better. I recover faster from my two workouts a day. When I don't have time to eat good food, I take it, and I don't feel the urge to stuff my face for hours. I got up this morning, and I looked the leanest I've looked since high school. I can go on and on. The best I can do to repay you is buy more and tell my friends. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit oneworldwhey.com.
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. David Politis, who's author of this new book, 411, was focusing on one case history involving a child. So again, Rocky Mountain National Park, parents walking up a river, boy disappears essentially right behind them. They call the park service, they dam the, the creek, the river, search for a week, nothing. As this is going on, there's a couple, a husband and a wife, that are 2,500 feet further up an adjacent valley camping. And they're sitting on a rock and they hear something 200 feet above them, 300 feet above them. And they're looking at it with binoculars and they're dumbfounded because it's a little boy sitting on the edge of this rock on the precipitous of a cliff. And then the boy appears to get jerked back or pulled back into this cliffy area. Well, they don't know anybody's abducted. They don't know anything's going on. They've been up there for a week. They walk down and there's chaos down in the valley. So they, they drive home. They still don't. They, they're tired. They read the next day in the morning paper that this boy disappeared and blah, blah, blah. And they think, wow, could we have seen something that relates to this? So they drive back to the park and they look at the picture and they identify this boy that they saw way up in this cliffy area, 3,000 feet above where he disappeared. And uh, the park service takes it seriously. They send 40 park rangers up to an area in this cliff. And the area was called Devil's Nest. That's where this boy was seen. And what I write about in the books is that the word devil comes into play in many times in areas where people disappear. As JC knows, and as people who have been in the wild know, areas get a name for a certain reason. Whatever that reason may be, it, it's been coined. And for some reason, devil comes into play a lot on missing people and locations where they disappear. Make a long story short, 40 rangers spent three days searching that area. They never found the boy. Two adults claimed that they saw him. So how he got up there is unfathomable. The rangers said there's no way uh, an adult could have gotten into that area without ropes and assistance. That that boy did. So someone or something would have had to have hastened this. Illogical assumption. I have a question for you, uh, Dave. There have been rumors and stories about the disappearance of an entire village, Inuit village, up in the northern Canada area back, I, I, I believe it was the 20s or 30s. How about groups I of people? I know the story. Multiple, multiple um, individuals disappearing ostensibly at the same time. Do we have any examples of groups of people that inexplicably disappear? No, and I looked into that story uh, of, of the Inuits vanished and the trapper that supposedly found the abandoned village. And there's so many discrepancies in that story that I couldn't put a lot of validity into it. Apparently, in that, during that time frame, there were villages that were abandoned from time to time as people moved. The story supposedly stated that you know there were starving dogs that were left and there, were, there was food on the table, et cetera, et cetera. Again, none of that could be substantiated. And some of the stories sounded a little unusual, but can't validate it, so I won't write about it. But I have never found a valid story where a large group of people have vanished. How about examples of a couple or three people or maybe a family, um, a, small, a smaller group uh, disappearing? 
have several examples in the book where uh, two kids disappear at the same time. The book doesn't only include stories uh, from national parks, but from rural locations as well. And there's a couple of stories where people, two kids lived on a farm, and they vanished. And, you know, four to 5,000 people go out and search for them and can never find them. And then within two weeks after the search stops, both are found laying on a hillside almost within sight of the location where they disappeared and a location that had been searched 50 times before. And both the kids' bodies are laying next to each other on the hill and they supposedly died of natural causes. And the searchers are adamant, absolutely adamant. They searched that location 20, 30 times. And there's many, many, many stories in the books where searchers search an area and the body turns up inside the search perimeter on a trail that will search multiple, multiple, multiple times. Well, how do we explain that? I have no idea. I don't think any logic comes into play other than the body seems to be returned and put in a location where everyone would know that it would be found. Well, this is really, um, it's rather disturbing, actually, when you think about it, that um, so many people can disappear and never, you know, no trace or any sort of evidence um, can be found to explain these disappearances. How pervasive do you think this is around the world? Uh, you, in your book, uh, Missing 411, you, you talk about the Western United States, and, and you do include, I guess, some cases from, from the East Coast. You mentioned a few. But do we have any sense of what's going on in outer Mongolia or northern India or South America. I mean, uh, could we be talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of people disappearing every year without a trace and with no logical explanation? So just for clarity, uh, there's actually two books, Missing 411 Western U.S., Missing 411 Eastern U.S., the equal size. Okay, I didn't realize that. Okay, that's good. Okay, thank you. And then uh, there, there's a large section in the Western book about uh, disappearances in Canada that go way up into the north. Uh, people have asked me before, well, does geography come into play? I don't think so. Uh, the most common feature is that there's water very nearby, usually when these people disappear. But water doesn't play into the death, and that's an important factor. A lot of skeptics say, well, you know, they drowned or they got washed away. No, no, no. Each one of those instances it would have eliminated the case from this group. Now, as far as other countries, since the time I finished the second book, I kind of made a public notice that, you know, we're going to step away from this because it's disturbing, it's depressing, and it's almost a conundrum. It's a very difficult thing to understand until you've gotten into this at a deep level. And many, many of the people who have read these books have come back and had the same feelings I did. It's a fascinating read, but it's disturbing. You will not walk a trail in the woods thinking the same thing again. Guaranteed. Yeah. Well, Dave, if you think that's disturbing, uh, I really um, would kind of warn you away from investigating the unexplained livestock death phenomenon because I'll tell you, I know you're dealing with people and stuff, but having investigated over 200-some-odd cases um, over the years and seeing what's been done to these animals, God forbid we should be dealing with the same scenario with people. And, and we probably have been, but we just don't know it yet. That's the unfortunate part. Wow. There's, a, there's actually a case out of Brazil 
that mimics many of the livestock cases. Uh, a man disappeared and was found in the middle of an island near a lake in Brazil. And he has many of the same features that yeah, the animal the Reservoir case. Yeah, case. Yeah, it's right. uh, actually right. quite famous in the annals of ufology. Uh, quite a standalone case. But let's just hope that we're not dealing with something as nightmarishly horrific as um, as that particular case. Um, which is highly unusual, I might add, and the fact that the autopsy photos and and the examination uh, notes were released was was actually by accident, and the case never should have come out into the public domain, which it did. We'll get into very much more of what's going on here. Frightening, I'll tell you. With Gene and Chris, you're in Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-877-804-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part? The pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-877-804-MY-TV 1-877-804-MY-TV disable the cable cut costs and get more call 1-877-804-MY-TV 1-877-804-MY-TV if you owe the irs back taxes listen carefully sweeping changes to irs policies will help more people than ever eliminate their tax debts once and for all and now i can help you reduce or eliminate your tax debts and end your tax nightmare Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I've helped thousands of people reduce and eliminate tax debts they couldn't pay. And after more than 30 years of experience dealing with the IRS, I can tell you there's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. And with the IRS's new policies, it's easier than ever to put your tax debt behind you once and for all. Call now at 800-346-6829 to learn how I can help you. You know your IRS debt will not go away by itself, but you don't have to live in fear anymore. Call 800-346-6829. Learn how I can help you eliminate wage and bank levies, release tax liens, and negotiate a settlement with the IRS that will put your tax nightmare behind you forever. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to TaxHelpOnline.com. That's TaxHelpOnline.com. Lunch is ready! And it's an MRE smorgasbord at longlifefood.com. In 1983, Long Life Food Depot was one of the first to sell MRE pouches to the public, and we're still selling them almost 30 years later. Today, Long Life Food Depot has the world's most complete MRE online buffet, because MREs are all we do. Tasty varieties of chicken, beef, salmon, and pasta entrees, plus sandwiches and our easy-to-use pouches. Full moisture, long shelf life, and ready-to-eat hot or cold. We sell by the pouch or case, 
so the choices are endless, and so are the graduated quantity discounts. The more you buy, the more you save. Call 800-601-2833 or go to longlifefood.com to join our email list for upcoming announcements like the Rollaway Food Pod. Plus, enjoy fast and free shipping. Just call 800-601-2833 or visit longlifefood.com. Emergency preparedness, emergency relief. Longlifefood.com since 1983. Sending real food to your real future. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris O'Brien and David and JC, I don't know that I ever want to go to a national forest ever again after this. Just take me with you. Yeah, Gene, I don't think you've ever hiked a trail in the mountains in your life. <laughs> okay, maybe the mountains of uh, Manhattan. You know, up up and down some staircases. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Have you ever camped a single day in your life? Yes. You have? Where? Besides outside of Jim Mosley's uh, conferences to get, get a front row seat. Well, I didn't have to camp out. He would just give me the front row seat because he was a mensch. Oh. <laughs> so have you ever caught a fish? Yes. You have? Yes. Have you ever shot or gone hunting? Have you ever shot a rifle or discharged a firearm? A real firearm? Absolutely not. Not my scene. So if I'm doing that kind of traveling, JC, you're invited. I'll go with you. Okay. I'd, I'd like to bring up something about the clothing, too, because we, we talked a little earlier before the program started about the clothing. I've got a property owner who I'm going to go out there and visit He's got a, a weird wolf dogman kind of situation going on. One of his friends was with another friend, and they were on his property walking along. The other guy had a camera, and he was stopping and taking photographs of different things. The other guy was ahead of the trail, just maybe 20 yards or so. He still had him in sight. And all of a sudden, this wolf and dogman type of scenario comes out, snaps the guy's neck. It's walking on two legs, snaps the guy's neck. And you just saw your friend get killed. You're standing there in shock. He kind of ducked behind some bushes and watched as this thing removed his clothing, folded his clothing, and then carried away the body. Wait a minute, JC. Um, I'm, I'm having That's, a hard time swallowing that uh, particular scenario. Who, what, when, and where? I mean, do we have any sort of documentation on this? He said this is a pretty, pretty well-known um, person as far as the strange, bizarre, and unusual. 
and I won't compromise this until we can get out there because we're actually going to hunt for whatever these things are. When, when did this happen? A couple years ago. And can you give us an approximate location? Um, down south. Down south. And I, I hate to make an incredible claim, but I, I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, because- that, that one's like so above and beyond uh, the believable. I mean, the guy watched this happen, he was, and he was holding a camera. Well, yeah, and this happened before Dave came out with his book, and that's what I found really unusual because, you know, I get reports of different weird things all the time, but what stuck out of my mind when Dave did come out with this book is the way this, this thing handled the clothing. I found it very bizarre. You know, why, why have a detail like that if, if you're not telling what you saw? You know, because that's really strange that it would fold the clothing and then take the body. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Uh, the creature is obsessive-compulsive. <laughs> that could be. Or respectful of uh, maybe the guy, you know, was wearing Gucci or Calvin Klein or something. We don't have those details. Very bizarre. But this is something, you know, that we can address and, uh, so to say, putting one in a box. I, if there's not a human factor involved with what these things are, they need whacking. There's a lot of stuff out there that needs whacking, that needs to be brought in and put before science. Well, that, that kind of reminds me of the, the, you know, a couple of the reports from the Uinta Basin around the Sherman Ranch area of dogmen um, leaning against trees, smoking cigarettes. I, in a shameless uh, kind of plug here, Jesse Ventura's uh, conspiracy theory is going to be airing on December 5th, which I'm, I'm, I think is a, is that Gene? Uh, I think that's going to be after this show airs, so... This show is going to be heard on December 2nd. Okay, so okay. Uh, on December 5th, uh, look on True TV. There's going to be what I hope to be the most insightful look at Robert Bigelow and the Sherman Ranch, which has featured reports of dogmen, wolfmen, uh, bipedal, you know, canine-type creatures, including the famous description by Terry Sherman of these creatures or one of these creatures leaning up against a tree smoking a cigarette. That's one of my favorite descriptions of a dog, man. Well, I'll tell you, you got to watch out what happens if you smoke too many cigarettes. Can't be sure if it was a cigarette. Maybe it was like some weird uh, concoction that... Uh, it could be one of those funny cigarettes that has become legal in a couple of states in the U.S. Or Kinnikinnick. A who? Kinnikinnick. JC knows what Kinnikinnick is. It's a uh, Native American herbal smoking mixture that has uh, a variety of of benign substances, and uh, I'm sure there's there's variations on that theme that are less benign. But uh, I- anyway, tune in True TV uh, Conspiracy Theory. They're going to cover the Sherman Ranch case and uh, the en- enigmatic Robert Bigelow. Okay, at least they're allowing him to be covered. Well, I think uh, because the show ended up getting re-edited, I'm not really sure what's going to be in there. The executive producer told me they had a killer a killer show segment, and it's still good, he says, but it's not as good as it was. Evidently, they were uh, put under some pressure, uh, it would be the assumption, to uh, um, allow the um, higher-ups to go in and have the piece re-edited. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Put your TiVos on record. 
That's why it's important to know your producer and the integrity of the program. Because once it hits the cutting room floor, you don't have a lot of control over the spin they put on things. Well, all I know is when Ty, um, his son, uh, Ty Ventura, um, Tyrell, went on the, uh, a radio program a couple of months back and was talking about the, the season, which had been put on hiatus for eight months while they were doing their re-editing jobs. He said that the one segment that uh, out of the whole season that he was looking forward to, uh, to seeing the reaction of, and, and the one that impressed him the most was the one that uh, Ryan Skinner and myself were involved with up at the Sherman Ranch in Utah. We had It was pretty interesting, and uh, I'd be... I'm, I kind of wondering what's going to end up in the segment and what's going to be excised. We'll have to just wait and see. We can have a discussion on that after. Maybe get Jesse Ventura back on the show. Uh, that'd be fine. Or, or actually, let's get Ty, his son, and, and Oliver Stone's son, Sean Stone, who uh, was there with us. Um, of course, Oliver Stone is the famous director, uh, Academy Award-winning director. Uh, Sean, a uh, really interesting guy. Ty, a very interesting guy. I think these guys uh, should do a show with Dave on on the missing persons. Um, I mean, it, it does fall into this kind of conspiracy theory, you know, Ballywick. Uh, I think if more people in this country knew about these strange disappearances, uh, there'd be much more of a, a public out outcry uh, for accountability by our government, especially when it has to do with with federally owned lands, uh, you know, national parks, national forests. Uh, federally mandated um, procedures uh, that aren't transparent, I think, is, is a major issue and, and deserves as much attention as we can bring to that subject. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Dave? Uh, I'm in your corner 110%. Uh, I think that if the public had the knowledge base that you and uh, JC and myself have, that they would be outraged. But I think I'd still like to see guys more speculation about the possible causes. Do we think it's something that's paranormal related or maybe some secret society that kidnaps these people for reasons best known to themselves? Not going to touch that one. How about you guys? I, I'll leave that up to, you know, kind of up to Dave. And I, one of the conjectures that came out when the book first came out is everybody's like, oh, you're blaming Bigfoot. You're blaming Bigfoot. Bigfoot's this big forest animal that smokes weed and smells daisies and stuff like that. And it wasn't really pointing the finger to, you know, Bigfoot or, or any other particular entity that's out there. I'm on the conjecture that there's lots of entities out there that take people on a regular basis that they can't control, they can't do anything about. Do they tolerate it or they just don't want to frighten the populace? We'll have to ask those questions. David Polites and... J.C. Johnson joining Gene and Chris for one more segment. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G.C.N. Great talk radio starts here. 
Hey neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen. Making collaboration seamless. GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code PODCAST. We have witnessed two terrible storms in the east, but we are still in the eye of the perfect storm. The most devastating economic condition since the Great Depression. America's worst drought in agricultural history. And now the economic results of the presidential election. This perfect storm is a huge threat to everyone's food supply. I just doubled down and got even more supplies from eFoods Direct, and I recommend you do the same. It's time to get your own supply from eFoods Direct. I know I won't be standing in a bread line trading my freedom for food. I'm taking control of my future. And you're nuts if you don't do the same. Go to eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex to find the specials. And you can start with a holiday gift pack that's normally $80, now under 50 bucks. Remember, I can warn you, but I can't feed you. Call 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Would you rather prepare six months too early or one day too late? 409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. Smokers, are you still smoking traditional cigarettes? Are you still smelling up your clothes and car interior, staining your teeth, and getting ashes everywhere? Why? When you could be smoking or vaping with e-cigarettes by LaSig. With LaSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replacement cartridges, you'll get all the satisfaction of smoking, but no smoking hazards. Choose from a wide variety of our new American-made Vapriate e-liquid flavors at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com, or call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Warning, e-cigs may contain nicotine, an addictive substance known to the state of California to cause birth defects or cancer. Please be aware of the risks associated with e-cigs prior to use. You must be 18 years or older to purchase. Alex Jones here with a message that could revolutionize health in this country. Going back about a year and a half ago, I began to learn about the incredible health effects of Longevity products. Aaron Dykes lost 92 pounds. We're going to show you some before and afters. Aaron Break down what happened, your story. I've worked really hard with diet and exercise to try to lose weight, but I just didn't get the results. It just didn't happen. Then I saw what you were doing with InfoWarsTeam.com. I wasn't even trying to lose weight, but I got it because I wanted to feel better energy. I wanted that nutrition. Didn't even understand how that could kickstart my own weight loss goals, but the products did that for me. I found myself suddenly losing weight, more energetic, wanting to exercise, wanting to eat the right foods. And they don't even advertise it as weight loss. I want to challenge our radio listeners to go to InfoWarsTeam.com, sign up as a distributor, and get wholesale pricing discounts at InfoWarsTeam.com. 
This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. With Gene and Chris on the Paracast, David Politis, who has been covering the mysterious disappearances of people, particularly in national forests, and J.C. Johnson, who deals with cryptozoological research. So I guess we have to cover this again here. Is there a paranormal connection to any of this? Or is it due to some other cause, and we can count the ways? So like I said at the beginning of the show, guys, I'd I prefer to stay away from that angle and, and just talk about the cases themselves. One thing I will say is that I probably heard 10 different well-thought-out pieces about what may be occurring here. Now, one that everybody in the world can, can probably relate to is that I was approached, and people wanted to know what the religious backgrounds were on these people. Were they Christians? Were they religious? Did they believe in God? Did they go to church? I got several emails along that line. And what the emailer was was trying to draw a connection to is, was there some uh, satanic-type individual coming down, grabbing the person, and taking them to hell? Now, being someone that you know, I, I never knew that people actually thought that this occurred to a living being. I, I was kind of taken aback. I, I answered the questions that the person had, as I do to most of the emails I get. But to show you the variance in the thinking after you read the book, that what may be occurring, I mean, just like JC said, it, it would be almost completely out of line for me to say one thing or another is happening here. Because one thing I've asked is that uh, in the back of the Eastern book, there's a list of every person that disappeared. Their date of birth, the date they disappeared, their age, their sex, and their location. And I I have always asked, and I'm out to your audience, I wish somebody would do a statistical analysis and a breakdown of these disappearances because I think there's something there. But we don't have the wherewithal to pay for that for that study. But I think it's it's relevant. Now, the logical question here is: you've got a book that obviously has appealed to a number of people who look into strange events. But how do you get mainstream law enforcement and scientists involved in looking at this thing on a global basis? Obviously, if they're stonewalling you, they don't want to release information under Freedom of Information Act. It sounds to me there's guilty knowledge out there. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough, tough situation. Uh, if the National Park Service doesn't have to live by the rules of FOIA, uh, and the more you get into FOIA, the more you truly understand there's not a lot of teeth to it, we really don't know if we're getting the right documents. We don't really know if we're getting all the documents because there is no legal uh, retribution if they don't comply. That's one of the problems with FOIA. Well, that, of course, applies in a lot of different subject lines. It's not just strange disappearances, but UFOs, for example. And before we get too far afield, I am not, I am not suggesting that UFOs have anything whatsoever to do with this. Yeah, I, I think it, it applies to everything under that Freedom of Information Act. The government has set it up so it appears as though they're trying to assist us, but the reality of it is there's no teeth in the act. 
And I've heard reports here that the Obama administration, despite promises of being more forthcoming and releasing this information, has clamped down more than previous administrations. And to make myself perfectly clear, as someone once said, I don't want to get into any of the possible political implications of any of that, okay? Well, this has occurred almost entirely under his watch, so I wouldn't argue that point for sure. So where do you go from here? Are you going to do another book covering other areas of the country or the world, or is this something where now let's just pursue the investigations and find out what's going on? I think there might be a little bit of both that uh, that we have the ability to do. I, I think that uh, <clears throat> continuing to stay out there interviewing people like uh, JC has specific contacts that are really, really interesting that bring out more elements as to what may be occurring. Uh, having people that have an understanding that this is occurring and that people know, there becomes a certain comfort level now to approach people that have compassion to their cause. I mean, I've heard of more cases in the last six months of small children that have disappeared that you won't read about anywhere on any website. And how can that be? Especially children. That's especially frightening. You think... When it comes to children, you'd hear about ten times as often. Well, plus, if you and I want to disappear, we're not breaking any law. If a, if a child disappears, that's usually something unusual has occurred. And they don't really have the ability to say yes or no if they're very small. And that's the part that bothers us as a group. Well, there's the other thing here, of course, is that if someone wants to disappear, it can be done. It's not impossible. I mean, this is not something you have to depend on some interaction with UFOs or alien abductions or anything like that. I think that they would choose uh, some remote, uncontrolled by the government rural area or a city, for that matter, to disappear. Disappearing in a national park or in a national forest opens up a whole investigative realm that the average adult, I think, would, would understand that and, uh, and choose a, a, a more subtle way of doing it. And uh, that's why I think uh, Dave's work is so important because we're, we're dealing with federally controlled areas that um, you, would, you would think we would have some transparency here. And the fact that FOIA has been tolerated, I guess, by certain agencies within the government since it was enacted during the Carter administration. Um, I, I, you know, this, this is, is, is very disturbing, this whole subject. And um, I won't even get into uh, other areas of, of disappearances, uh, including livestock and other things that I personally have, have been involved with. But this particular subject, I think, needs more exposure I think uh, I, I applaud you, Dave, uh, for your work in this realm. I think more attention needs to be brought to this subject. This is really, this is really important stuff. I mean, there's countless families and 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 loved ones out there uh, that are not getting closure, and and this is really, uh, to me, it's it's heart wrenching. And some of the areas of, of human trafficking outside of these disappearances and so forth where you've got urban uh, abductions and children disappearing. The real human trafficking of children and adults 
in this country. Just some of the stuff that I've been researching, some of the organizations I'm involved with is shocking. Absolutely shocking. And where these people end up, some of them, is beyond imagination. And that's a whole other can of worms. I agree. I'll tell you, folks, we only have a couple of moments left. So, David, do you want to contribute something to that discussion? You know, uh, I'm not well-versed in uh, human trafficking, but just because these disappearances occurred in such rural areas, it's very hard for us to fathom that there was a human predator out there nabbing these people. Again, it's very hard to control an adult or an old teenager, an older teenager, if they don't want to move someplace in the woods. And you've got, you've got to eventually walk them to a trailhead or to a valley where there's a lot of cars. Then what do you do? And there's going to be witnesses, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's a very hard thing to understand. David Politis, tell our listeners where they can find more of the things you do. Well, I, I would hope that uh, you would go to the Can-Am, C-A-N, as in Nancy, Canadian-American, canammissing.com. And uh, there you can find out more information about uh, missing people and links to our books. J.C. Johnson, where do we find more of your stuff? You can find uh, find us on YouTube, uh, I think, under Crypto Four Corners channel or under J.C. Johnson. We've got a lot of investigative videos here. We've got some mutilation videos with uh, livestock that are ones that make you scratch your head. You can also find me on Facebook, J.C. Johnson. And you can also check out Chris O'Brien's stuff at OurStrangePlanet.com. OurStrangePlanet.com. For us, you can find us on Twitter. We're known as the PowerCast. There's PowerCast Fan Club, two of them on Facebook. We'll go to ThePowerCast.com. J.C. Johnson, David Politis, thank you both for joining us this week on the PowerCast. Thank you and God bless. Thanks, guys. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.